0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the School Safety 101 podcast. My name is Steve Webb and I am your host. This podcast is sponsored in part by Safe School Systems, providing school safety strategies to better protect our future. And the Safe School Helpline, helping parents and students break the silence to prevent an event. Within this podcast, we discuss 21st century school safety issues and best practices to help keep our kids safe while they attend school. Hi, folks. I am so glad to be back here talking with you on the School Safety 101 podcast. My schedule absolutely exploded with speaking engagements and trainings over the past couple of years, so much that I I had to put this show on hold. I certainly expected it to slow a bit, or maybe even that I could manage it all, but the time it took to travel and train made it difficult to get back in the saddle. But now that I'm back, Let's make the most of it and get right to it. I am also so excited that we added a new sponsor in the Linux, that's L-E-N-X, which is taking security to a whole new level. Finally, they are using affordable artificial intelligence, surveillance, and strategic communication to prevent an event for rural, suburban, and even urban areas, again, at an incredibly affordable price. That's linux coming to you to show you the future as i said managing all my bookings has been uh, it's been a real challenge Uh, my book education in a violent world which was a bestseller on amazon for for 52 weeks uh, as a top new release in several categories is still listed as a top 100 in school safety i'm so proud of that in fact i've had a constant stream of interviews with multiple national news outlets, including one of my absolute favorite shows, Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy on Fox News. Now, folks, as I've said on this podcast before, politics has no place in the duties to protect our children. So it doesn't really matter if you don't like Fox News or if you do. The point is that millions of viewers who do watch that show has become better acquainted with real strategies keep our kids safe, both at home and at school. The Gowdy Show was probably my most stressful situation uh, with being featured recently on iCrime with Elizabeth Vargas as a close second. I'll talk about that in a future show, but with Gowdy, a very prominent national figure, when I did this, his show, I could hear his voice asking me questions, but he himself was not on my screen. What was on my screen was the programming going on at the time on Fox News, and it was, shall I say, intense. (laughs) We had a phenomenal conversation about schools and how social media is affecting the safety of kids across the nation. And to be very frank, as he thanked me for my passion and for trying to get the word out, that moment really prompted me to get back to this podcast and do just that get the word out so let's just get back into some issues going on around the country and what we can do to stop the violence once and for all in an article by alejandro serrano in may of this year he writes stopped at a red light a woman rolled down her car window i love you she yelled i love you too said arnulfo reyes raising the arm that was wounded a year ago by a gunman who killed 19 students and two teachers at Robb Elementary School. Reyes, who taught fourth graders at the school, was the only survivor in his classroom, the one in which the gunman killed 11 students. With his other hand, Reyes kept holding a big orange flag, the color for gun violence awareness, that had the number 21. The total number of people killed in the middle. Reyes was among a crowd gathered Wednesday afternoon at a memorial site for a 77 minute vigil, he writes. The amount of time authorities waited outside the classroom before confronting the shooter. The commemoration was one of several in the city to mark a year, one year, after the worst school shooting in Texas. Folks, in March this year, I visited Duvalde, Texas. I visited Rob Elementary School and I stood among the 21 crosses at the school and the 21 memorials at their village park. I read every single memorial to the victims and I stood in the entrance that the killer, Salvador Ramos, was able to enter, able to enter easily to gain access to hundreds of children. I saw that quite long and wide field area where the murderer was seen and identified, and identified as a violent threat long before reaching the building. You see, I walked the distance from where his vehicle was disabled in that drainage ditch and where he fired upon responding citizens who saw the wreck and just wanted to help him. They were coming from that funeral home that was next door. While I couldn't enter the school due to to a locked eight-foot fence with a black windscreen all around the building, there are more than enough reports of how the classrooms were unlocked and he had extremely easy access to those precious children long after we learned from incident after incident in our past that a locked classroom door in the vast majority of incidents, keeps kids from being killed as the shooter is looking for easy targets. Let me say that again. Keeps kids from being killed as the shooter is looking for easy targets to be famous. While there, I interviewed one of the two state troopers who were assigned to watch the school. Two were assigned to watch the school of which the state does 24-7, 365 days per year, even though there are no children attending school there anymore. Due to the ongoing litigation, there was very little he could tell me, particularly about the response of law enforcement, but I really wanted to talk to him about how two words, two absolutely wrong words in that situation, stopped highly trained and extremely motivated law enforcement officers from breaching that door and saving countless lives. Those two fateful words are barricaded subject. With little doubt, those two words caused the deaths of several that day. You see, this was a a different two-word event. This was an absolutely classic example of the other two words that should have been used and would have allowed law enforcement to do what they do best. The two words that should have been used as we have learned from event after event from that state trooper that I interviewed and agreed with me, the two words were active shooter. He indicated maybe the phone calls that came in the classrooms should have let them know most certainly hearing shots continually in those classrooms is a dead giveaway that the shooter was definitely active. As a Raider Instructor, which is Rapid Response for Law Enforcement, through the Alice Institute, we are taught to use whatever means necessary to stop anything that is active, no matter the directives coming from the various agencies. And there were were a lot of different agencies showing up that day. But hearing gunshots, That's definitely active and definitely a mistake that we should have learned crystal clear from Columbine and most recently the Marjory Stoneman Douglas shooting on February 14th, 2018. Yes, Valentine's Day. I toured that crime scene last month. One of 154 across the nation that were invited by Max Shackman, one of the deceased children's dads, who headed this operation? And I will talk about that absolutely harrowing and heartbreaking experience a different day. Today, we, we analyze the misses from Avalde that we are still missing today. We're still missing today because we're not learning from those mistakes. In research by Perla Treviso, he wrote that a full year before the Evalde shooting, Ramos had threatened women, carried around a dead cat, and been nicknamed school shooter on social media. Indicated that he liked being named a school shooter on social media. Identified as at risk, he never received special education services, he said. And ultimately flunked out, according to a Texas House Committee report. The school shooter, is a running joke among those he played online games with. He had also started wearing all black and making crazy threats, especially towards women, who he terrorized with uh, what what this writer said was graphic descriptions of violence and rape. All of these actions are identified by the United States Secret Service's research on active shooter pre-attack behaviors. All of them identified as pre-attack behaviors. He was harassed at school over his his stutter, short hair, and clothing. He often wore the same clothing day after day. Beginning in 2018, he was recording more than 100 absences a year, and his grades were failing, so instead of returning to school after the pandemic, he dropped out. When he did that, he increased his online presence. And online, he started to show an interest in gore and violent sex. This writer said sometimes sharing videos and images of suicides and beheadings. While playing those online games, according to this writer, he became enraged and threatened others, often, especially female players, when he lost. He even told someone he was going to be a school shooter. And they just kind of laughed it off, became increasingly fascinated with previous school shootings and posted that for others to see so he could gain notoriety. Folks, this is the Sanozier effect that I continually speak about. I spoke about it in my book. I found that in my research to be a primary indicator of the downward spiral to violence. But despite all the threats and violent talk, none of his online behavior was reported to law enforcement. None of it. We, as a society, have become so numb to this behavior accepting it as some sort of perverted norm of a grouping of misfits, perhaps of the bullied, perhaps even the bully who wants unlimited power. In, in just this brief podcast, I have highlighted numerous misses by, by both the school district and law enforcement, but it is this huge miss by society as a whole that is causing these school shootings to be more and more prevalent. This complacency when hearing sensationalized rants and just playing them off as just free speech or maybe uh, he's just a kid, he will grow out of it. Or how about this one? That's just the way Ramos is. He's just crazy. We in law enforcement are highly trained in identifying pre-attack behaviors. We're constantly driven to learn behaviors and, and, and know and understand which behaviors are threatening so that we can go home safely after our shift. Teachers, not so much. Administrators, nada. Communities, no way. Kids, never are trained on what to look for in this type of behavior. Folks, if you want to stop violence before it happens, then you have to identify not only the structural issues that we concentrate every single day on that allow that vulnerability in our our buildings, like unlocked doors, staff who are not properly trained, But we must train our children that sometimes, sometimes they're not just words to get attention. Sometimes there is meaning in the words that leads to an end, a tragic end. Sometimes when you share those words with people who can connect the dots, impending events are stopped, people are saved. I'm tired of finding all of the misses after an event. Folks, these are not curveballs. Many of these misses were fastballs right down the middle and we aren't even in the batter's box, so to speak. Police officers will keep training on mitigating an active shooter. Schools will keep practicing lockdowns one time a year and politicians will keep the focus on the guns rather than on the people using the guns, because that's what that's what makes the news. If it smells, it sells. That's easily controlled information. Easily controlled. When when I train schools with my safe training program, they get the the same exact training that law enforcement receives on pre attack behaviors. They get the same information that the FBI receives and collates in data to determine if there is a threat that they need to address. Yes, understanding how to lock down a facility quickly is important information. Yes, you should practice it. But with this safe training program, I want to train your mind. I want to make sure that you're looking at behavior threads that lead, may lead to pathways of some type of niche, some type of violent niche. And, and understanding the learner mindset empowers you. It's meant to empower you to not only be safe in school, but everywhere you go in public. I'm tired of hearing, I can't believe it happened here because what they should be saying is, I can't believe we didn't stop this before it happened. Folks, we are out of time for today. Uh, there's so much more we can unpack on this, but I'm gonna leave it for, for further podcasts. So I'm gonna talk about the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas tour uh, where I toured the crime scene and uh, uh, wow. Talk about a tough situation. Thank you so much for tuning in to the School Safety 101 podcast. I hope you gained some insight, motivation, and a a passion to help. My name is Steve Webb, and you can reach me at www.drstevewebb.com. That's www.drstevewebb.com with comments or suggestions or any ideas that can help keep our kids safe as we are all in this together for a safer tomorrow.